You're now the uh, you're the civilian, yeah, because you retired. I think it was. I think the the writing was on the wall, and I, I knew what time it was, and I think most people did. Win or die was was the mindset. So I, I, I think back now, and I think it's selfish because willing to die in there is you're not going back to your kids. So from that that was a, a mindset switch for me. Welcome to the George Groves Boxing Club. I'm George Groves. I'm with Deck. As always, and today we have a special guest. Special because he's special, but also special because it is his third. What are we saying? His third. What is it? Third it's the hat trick appearance. It's the hat trick appearance. It's a momentous occasion. It's our first ever hat trick appearance. Really? Yeah. The Who turd. Is it? It's John Ryder. <laughs> the turd. <laughs> it's John the turd Ryder. Before we get into detail, Rob, pass over. We got our. Oh, yes. So, what's going on here, George? Well, we've got our hat-trick ball. Our hat-trick ball. Oh, yeah. This is the first time we've ever done this, John, because you're... Could Not you only did he bash me up in the amateurs, he's presented me with a glove he did it in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's lovely, thank you. Look at that. That'll go uh, somewhere side nicely. That'll go on the uh, downstairs toilet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you know that's the best place for something to go? Because everyone sees it. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone goes, must be important. <laughs> It's in the, yeah. the downstairs the restroom. So, John, this is your third appearance, but your first one since you moved to this nice know, studio. Nice surroundings. Yeah, we used to be in the dungeon audio only. You've so gone, you could... you've gone from Soho to Hackney. <laughs> yeah, Damn. it's the wrong way, isn't it? <laughs> Normally, people go from Hackney to yeah. Soho. Um, but you've been a a very key part to this club. You're part of the fabric of the club because you came on back in the day yeah. before the Canelo fight. You came on after the Canelo fight, and you come on today. Because the news just broke this week. Yep. We can't even call you the gorilla anymore. Yeah, what is it now? You're just John Ryder. Yeah, just John. Just John. Just uh, Heidi and Brody's dad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're you're now the uh, you're the civilian. Yeah. Because you retired. Officially. Yeah, I called time on my career straight after the fight, but it got officially announced yesterday. And um yes, yeah, so woke up today with a strange feeling. Mm. Can you put it into words? What's the feeling? Like a, a an empty tin that's got nothing in it and it's just you might put a coin and it's just rattling around it's like a bit, bit empty at the moment are you yeah there's plenty of purpose nice break with the family um, and then sit down with Tony and, and plot the the path to becoming a great trainer like himself can you remember the, can you remember the empty days yeah I was are trying to think yeah <laughs> no I, so I weird when I finished boxing I wasn't really I didn't really have that sort of plan of remaining in boxing um, so your when you your fight last fight was Callum Smith. Callum Smith, yeah. How quickly after the Smith fight? Because for John, it was like in the changing room after. It was like the flight home. You were like, no, that's me. Were you the same? Uh, Flying yeah, home from Saudi. I, I, that I time? Knew, yeah, I knew I was going. I was going to retire, but we didn't do a, like an announcement as such until mm. January yeah, for a while, which would have been September to yeah four months. So four months to sit on it. <laughs> uh, and it, yeah, I was, you know, we had we had some offers come in. I think I think Billy Joe, Billy Joe Saunders for a WBO World Title came in. I would have watched it. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm thinking, would I? Have, well, you know, but I had my head in the head in the sand. I didn't really want to know. And there was a Degal fight still floating about the Degal rematch. Yeah, the Degal was still sort of active just before he. So I retired about a week and a half before he fought Eubank, mm. and then I watched that fight and I thought. The gal's got old. <laughs> I've missed out. Like, um, but yeah. So, but I'm I'm trying to trying to put myself in John's shoes right now because like, I just remember feeling like, oh, thank God it's over. 
like as sad as that sounds, I know like there's a lot of listeners who'll be like, Oh, how can you say that about being a professional boxer? That's been so many people's dreams. But so I just felt like I was at the end then, like I was at the end of my journey and I just had enough. Um But I did know I was gonna retire before I'd even finished that fight. How about you, John? Did you think this was going to be your last fight or is it just to see how each fight goes a fight-by-fight fight basis? Yeah, I think like I said before, before the Canelo fight, I said to Dan Lawrence, like, win, lose or draw, I could walk away here and be happy. And then on the way back to the dressing rooms, it was like, no, nah, I can't wait to do this again. Eight months down the line, I did. And it just, I think the same feelings were creeping in beforehand, like win, lose or draw, I could I could call it a day. And I think that the best thing probably happened for me, I got, got beat and knew it was time just to call it. Mm. do you think the uh, those feelings were did they come out in the performance if you know what I mean potentially yeah I think they did um, but then something kept me getting up off the canvas constantly um, yeah yeah I mean <laughs> I was like a yo-yo wasn't I yeah, but, well, um, it would have been easy to stay down yeah. if you thought I'm done anyway yeah and but you didn't I think for the for the credibility of me moving forward with being a trainer in mind it's like who's going to work want to work with a quitter like the, the man that stayed down and I think I got into boxing being that shy timid soul you can relate to this saying George the shy timid soul neither knows victory nor defeat and then I've I've left the sport being the man in the arena so people are going to hopefully respect that in years to come and, and want to work with me on those bases Should we wheel it back a bit because you mentioned there about George and we did talk about it in the first one yeah. but you two boxing the amateurs but you were so you were 12 when you started 12, yeah, 13. 12, 13, yeah. And you told me the other day, I thought this was great. Someone, another notable pro started on the same day as you. Yeah, me and Derek Chisora started on the same it's day amazing. at Finchley, yeah. <laughs> so good, isn't it? Yeah. Did you come together as well? Was <laughs> yeah, like on the bus. Score or anything? <laughs> no, no, it was from completely different areas. Um, but just obviously, imagine Derek as probably 15, 16 at the time. Yeah, yeah he's a um, bit older than you, isn't he? Yeah, mm. not much different to what he is now. Mm. Um probably a little less crazy but yeah still the, the man manning <laughs> can you remember was he any good yeah I think he like kind of hit the hit the amateur scene by storm didn't he he won the ABAs very quickly um, and yeah I remember watching him in the Four Nations and you were three years later had your first bout yep lost it lost it yeah. and then went 21, 22 unbeaten I think 20, 22 unbeaten yeah and then bumped into George <laughs> yeah I didn't know you lost I thought he was unbeaten that's what I was told in the oh, yeah. they were like yeah this kid was you an angel angel yeah yeah, yeah. and they went yeah he's he's good he's unbeaten I was like oh, alright calm down <laughs> stop talking about him stop talking about me um, how old were you in that first ABAs I think I was so. 19 yeah yeah yeah, so that would have been 2000... Is it 2008, eight? was it? Yeah, yeah. 2008, wasn't it? Mm. A while ago. Mm. Memories of that Memories of that night? Well, I remember fighting, obviously, Lou Reed yeah. Um, oh, yeah, a couple I mean, of hours before, and yeah. it was it was busy in there. Mm. But then I remember walking down to fight George and just seeing him not caring the world, just putting his gloves on, like, like pressure's on me. I'm, like, sweating buckets already. I've done nothing. <laughs> and then but just seeing, like, a sea of people and just thinking... Where do all these come from? Like, they're not here to see what, me. They're George's fans. It's just like the the star quality was apparent then. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, oh, really? Yeah. Like, I don't yeah. know if you'd paid them to come there or they'd paid to come in, but it was it was a packed house. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. No, it was packed. Brent Tunnel. I don't think it's there anymore. 
And I remember there was always three at the weight. And then like I got the, the luck of the draw. So I didn't have to box. He's you know, he had to fight Lou Reed, who's a boxer, mm. not a saxophone player. <laughs> it's sitting there on that <laughs> it's joke. A perfect day. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he was from my club Lou Reed so I knew him and I was thinking oh, I'd like not that I'd like to box him but just rather than someone say oh you had the easy draw I was thinking oh, I'll have you know John ideally John first then box uh, Louis second but yeah they I was like I've got a buyer so oh it's mm. alright I'll go back to my Luke Aiden Harry Bow and uh, <laughs> I'll watch the fight and uh, but I remember thinking right don't like like uh, don't want any sympathy for John because he's had to box already so don't like let it be close I was I, I was there was a bit of, probably a little bit of nerves there even yeah. though I tried not to show it um, so I'm thinking right, don't like yeah because if it's a little bit close like they might just go oh poor John he, he's already done three rounds <laughs> let him uh, <laughs> let him go through but um, yeah it was good fun so John when did you when did you sort of tell everyone about your decision to retire? Was there a moment, did you have to sit down with your missus and with Tony or was everyone sort of on board with it? No, I think, yeah, I think it was between me and Tony, it was back at the hotel after the fight and it was more just, I think we was walking up to the rooms and it was more just a, a look and like we knew it was time. Um, my missus, I said to her immediately after the fight, you're going to have to get out to work now. Uh, I'm retiring. <laughs> so that went down like a lead balloon. <laughs> um but yeah, no, I think it was, I think the, the writing was on the wall and I, I knew what time it was and I think most people did. You mentioned that you had a chat with Kevin Mitchell as well about obviously not that long retired, although actually it's been quite a while. Probably yeah, I think it's been it. more than look, probably five or six years. Yeah, yeah. But you just had a chat with him about how do you know it was the right time and, and yeah. stuff. What did what advice did he have for you? What, what no, did he say? I, I had a coffee with him um, yesterday morning and... Um, he's obviously it's hard to get like a, a serious word out of Kevin <laughs> you know I mean um, it's always always just a, a laugh and a joke with him but you know he just said he, he knew knew it was time um, same thing probably shouldn't have had the last fight um, could have retired after Linares but it's always that one more what if do you know what I mean mm. and a big opportunity comes up and, and you're silly not to take it but he um, he obviously had another fight lined up for a European title and he, he said no nah, that's it and it's not there anymore. And he told me to have two years out doing nothing. And I said, well, yeah, it's not going to work. <laughs> yeah, I, I can kind of get what he's saying, but it probably isn't ideal. <laughs> you what, know, the, two, the two years two of nothing? Two years out of no training. Because yeah. um, if you can do it, you want to do it, you know. Uh, and it's good, it's good for it. Ultimately, I think you... You're John Ryder the boxer, yeah. You're John Ryder the boxer. Everyone knows you. You're John Ryder the boxer. So you got to maintain a level of fitness, like because for your own well well being. You're like, if I'm not fit enough to be, you know, you've got to be fighting fit, but you got to be fit enough to be fitter than the average man. Still got to be the, <laughs> the strongest fucking gorilla school dad, like on the school <laughs> run and that. Because um, there is a bit of a, like identity crisis. I had. And I was like, because there's only so many times you say. Oh, even, like I've been retired five years now so when people say what do you do I don't want to say retired boxer because like what do you say uh, I'll chef say, uh, yeah anything <laughs> depends on who I'm talking to if I've got to tell them the truth then I'll say oh, I, just, I used to box I work in boxing media now mm. um, but otherwise yeah because yeah it, it's a quite there is a crisis of identity like what you know and you've been the boxer and then yeah. like on a on a more deep level you're like well i am like i'm supposed to be the boxer like and if i'm not a boxer now then what 
what the fuck am I? Like, do you get people that only know you as George Groves, like the the boxing pundit, and not George Groves the fighter? Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. I don't know. A few kids out there only know you. <laughs> Maybe yeah. it's like Johnny Nelson. Most people probably have never seen him yeah, box. True, a lot yeah. of the younger fans yeah. have never seen him box. Have you seen? Yeah, I don't think I've seen Johnny box. To be honest, I think it's weird. Both of you have haven't gone on too long. And it's not it's not uh, common, is it? There's so many boxers, even gone on just a, a couple fights too long, mm. and neither of you did. Why do you think that is? And was that hard to not do that? Uh, yeah, I mean, it was a conscious effort, really. Was it? I got four losses on my record, which I would love to have not had that many, um, and three would have sounded much better than four. <laughs> do you reckon? Yeah, because I don't know why. Try having Elaine Goodman. <laughs> he's got to learn you've got seven loss on your record couple couple shouldn't have been um, the last two were you know at the top top level and the phone will be ringing for you John still won't it yeah. the phone will be ringing for you still and then you but ultimately you get to a point where you're like it becomes the first first but what's the money you know what's the money mm. and that's like what you're never supposed to get into the sport for to start with. Yeah. And that's what your, your, your misses is usually like on your case. Don't be fighting for money. Like, you, you know, it's more to life than um, money. You know, if you're putting your health in, in harm's way. Uh, so, but it is, it is hard it's because that's what happens. The opportunities come right at the end of your, end of your career when if you've already got that work banked where you be, have a value as almost the opponent, and you know you'll hear a promoter when they're trying to build a fighter up and you know it's like but then they say the total opposite when that fighter's at a stage where they can earn good money but you know they're just there as sort of the opponent you know mm. they're there to b bring someone else's career along and yeah I think it's easy to fall into that sort of gatekeeper you know world level type opponent like a a Derek Chisora, mm. should we say, you know, who's got plenty of losses on his record now, still want, doesn't want to stop boxing. But if you put him in with anyone who's actually on it, you wouldn't back him to win and he might get a paste in, you know, and some fighters go for it. But I think it's better if they don't. Like, I'd much rather if you have said, had the, had the confidence in yourself to call it a time on your career and have you know, spirit and energy left inside you to pursue another avenue, whether that be coaching or talking or whatever, if it remains in boxing, rather than hanging around and lingering there and getting beat and getting hurt, maybe. Oh, but I can't wait for the backlash of the comments there from Derek. <laughs> Derek, yeah. Derek's coming for Derek's you. Derek's coming for you. Well, you know, and Derek eats <laughs> to his own, you know. Is he, I think he would, it's not, he wouldn't disagree with that. If you put yeah. him in with like, I don't know, like a, one of the bigger names. Yeah, it's gonna be he's, he's gonna be an underdog in the fight. Cool. He's always gonna give a good account of himself. Though. Yeah. I think the hard thing though, what I, what I thought, John, is you obviously work your whole career to get to the level where you're getting Canelo fights, you're getting Munguia in in America. So then, and same with you, George. And then, and then it's at that point you have to walk away when the, when you're at the, the top end and you're getting the good money, and then you go actually now that's enough for me. That must be a hard decision. I think. Yeah, it is, but it's then like, what are you going to drop down to domestic level scrap and get pennies for it? And mm. it's not worth the financials of what a camp cost you, other than the team that you've got around you. Um, it just it doesn't make financial sense at all. 
And uh, you said that you had a chat with someone on the Benavidez team before the Munkia fight. Yeah, I spoke to Samson, um, oh, yeah. the, the promoter, and he was saying about, oh, it'd be great, you you, you beat Munkia, we could get a fight with you and Benavidez next. Oh. And it was like, I think Dan Lawrence was like, oh, well, that's good, isn't it? It's positive. <laughs> like, another fight after, and I was like, I'm not sure I want to fight after this one. Like, And I suppose it's then you know that it's, not that I didn't want to fight, but it's like, we'll see after this one see if the desire is still there and quite clearly in the fight the, the desire was still there because I kept getting up obviously but to fight on after that night was I was more worried about getting back on that plane on a Sunday back to my kids and mm. you got to be fearless in boxing and I think towards the end I think the Canelo fight I was fearless I went in there and was willing to wasn't almost willing to die like win or die was, was the mindset and it was so I, I think back now and I think selfish because willing to die in there is you're not going back to your kids. So from that that was a, a mindset switch for me. Um, this fight was like on Sunday you're getting on that plane with your missus and you're going back to your kids, um, and that was almost my priority, not winning. So it's like I think that just proves that it, the time was right. Mm. He's a dangerous bastard as well, David Benavidez, isn't he? And even like Diego Pacheco is like a dangerous fight yeah. putting yourself in harm's way like three Mexicans on the bounce yeah what's that? <laughs> <laughs> and if you're not if you're not 100% in it that's not a good spot to be in no halfway in halfway out against someone like that who's like ferocious at just the to be fair as well he's not really a super middleweight is he he's, he's a big massive. boy he, he is the Mexican monster and it's like nothing but respect he's been a, a former world champion um, but it's just that, that it was the desire wasn't there to to win that fight and then go on to, to fight another one mm. being away from home as well like being abroad is tough when you when you start thinking about your family like you just feel so far away from home uh, I had that in Saudi where I'd pack my there was like one flight out um, at like five in the morning or maybe even earlier so I packed all my suitcases before the fight which I just knew was a bad sign it's like I'm so desperate to leave I've <laughs> packed my suitcase before I've even had the fight but I thought if I, had you ever done that before no I never we never had to fly home so soon yeah they're the weird like early morning ones aren't they but like I was I, I like dislocate my shoulder in the fight before so I was thinking I don't think that's going to happen again, but if it does, packing is going to be really hard. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll just get it done now. It while I'm healthy. So like, and it was just, yeah, you just want to get home. You just want to get home. Um, you just, you just sort of, you sort of know, like you just know. Let's have a little look at highs and lows. What were the highs? Um, High point of that, of that two decade span. 74 fights it was in total. 74. 74 yeah. fights. Not a lot compared to some people, is it? That's what, that's How many your, amateur fights do you have? 75 amateur 75, fights. 75 yeah. amateur fights? Yeah. You had 35, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then 30... 39. 39's a pro year, 74. Yeah. That's your life's work. Yeah. 74 tear-ups, as you put it. The 74 other day. scraps. 74 scraps. Um, yeah, what were, the, what were the highlights? Some people have that in a year in uh, outside <laughs> the pubs, didn't they? Outside Revolution. <laughs> <laughs> on Mare Street on a Saturday. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, plenty of highs and lows. Um, winning my first national novice title was like, thought I'd made it. Like you thought you was like an absolute star. Um, obviously, the the dreams of being multi titles, run your waist and stuff is like, it's it's always there. The the desire burns for the world titles, and then somewhere along the way, you get had over and don't get it, and that kind of just 
fades just to the biggest and best fights and that's where I was at with it and to to think back to the Canelo fight and at the time I wasn't in it mentally like to to take it all in and, and, and welcome it but having watched it back since I'm like wow I was actually the man in the arena against Canelo at night all that showbiz all the fireworks all the fanfare the police escorts to and from like it was a massive event for me it's probably similar to, to Wembley um, you just don't realise that you're, you're so in it at the moment you don't realise the magnitude of it mm. did you do that on purpose yeah with the work you did with Greg like yeah. where you just said I can't be overwhelmed by this so I need to just make sure that I'm just focused on having a fight with this man yeah definitely because I mean he is a superstar of the sport one of the generational greats of our era and um I think he yeah, just couldn't be overawed by him. You had to almost give him the respect, but not too much respect. Mm. And then the Callum Smith fight, that was the, in many people's eyes, you won the world title that night. Yeah. Um, obviously didn't get the decision. Uh, and then how how low was that? Was that a low point or was that actually positive because of the sort of reception you got and all the backlash that Smith got for you know for getting the decision that night it was it was a low and a high it was like right I, I should have won there I didn't get the decision but it was like 20, 2020 is going to be a fantastic year like <laughs> yeah, gonna, it was it's going to be big it? yeah the end yeah. of 2019 2020 is going to be a massive year go and get a shot at the, the vacant regular title which I was promised um, and then COVID hit and just messed it up good and proper mm. Mm, Covid stitch you right up. I probably prolonged my career in it to an extent. Mm. So you've got to take the rough with a smooth, haven't you? Mm. What were the lowest points? Um, losing to Nick Blackwell was was low. Um, just because I knew I made mistakes. I mean, I got back from the US three weeks before the fight and just wasn't professional enough in myself. Um, suffered terribly with a jet lag and was missing runs and obviously I was struggling at middleweight anyway so missing the runs wasn't helping with the make weight make weighting weight making <laughs> um, and yeah just just paid the price ultimately for, for not being professional enough and then obviously put it down to the weight as well um, didn't move up instantly um, had another fight against Jack Arnfield and just suffered again with the weight massively and then th the best thing I did was, was move up to 168 mm-hmm was there any fights that that you thought were going to happen for you throughout your career that didn't that was frustrating I did sign to fight Eubank Junior once and that never never materialised um, that would have been at middleweight that would have been no I think it would have been super middleweight yeah, super, yeah. yeah. that would have been good <laughs> that, was that when he was doing his own thing on ITV yeah before yeah on the ITV thing before the, the super series um, I can't remember he ended up boxing um, maybe uh, he boxed Abraham didn't he yeah and the, the Aussie guy what was his name no Ren it was after Renault Quinlan because I boxed um, Etches on the undercard of that oh yeah and I think it was after that so. Etches he lost to Kamitsky didn't he yeah he lost yeah. him yeah so it was after that one after that would have been, yeah. been good what happened there it just didn't happen the Eubank fight I mean yeah I don't know it just didn't materialise I think he I can't remember what fight he had after that but then I think I ended up fighting um, building oh yeah which was yeah mm. another it, another good fight which I thought I was harshly judged on but keep it moving so the Arnfield fight you mentioned after that 
you nearly nearly quit boxing yeah it was, I think it was one of those like, I was sat there with Kevin Mitchell Kevin Mitchell strikes again and he was like <laughs> why, why don't we just retire I would go and work in the city do PTs I think Darren Barker just opened the gym yeah 12 by 3 12 by 3 we'll go and rake it in doing personal training I was like nah I sat there with my missus as well and she was like like, I need to move up, Kev. He was like, well, we'll do it then. <laughs> uh, do it, yeah. yeah, do it. Move up or shut up, you know what I mean? So, uh, <laughs> so I sat down with Tony, done the, had the move up, and yeah, felt fantastic. So if you walk, if you walked away from the sport at that time, there would have been no Canelo, there would have been yeah. no Callum Smith, none of that. No, none of that. None of the, none of the financial gain, that, but also the glory in the moments. Yeah. None of this podcast. Nah, I mean, yeah, you wouldn't be here. <laughs> but it's mad to think isn't it and that's yeah. a lesson for a lot of people of not just boxers yeah you could have walked away at that point yeah and done PT and not happy walked away mm. but I could have walked away and always had the, the what ifs but yeah I think the, the best thing I did was move up to 168 obviously Tony backed it and he wasn't keen on it at, at, at the start but then in the end he was like yeah you got you got to move up now and it was good to have his back in to do it and um yeah, just never look back. Was it around that time you were doing doorman as well? You were doing security on the on the weekends. No, that was um, twenty eighteen. I started doing that. Yeah. Oh, so that was like well, yeah. well after that. A bit after that, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I what was that? It. So what was your weeks looking like then? So you training 20, the week. Twenty eighteen. You yeah. were working on the door. Yeah, twenty eighteen. Yeah, that's. Fucking I think mad. I started December twenty seventeen. Finished December twenty eighteen. Yeah. Mm. So what were those? What were those weeks like? Full time training in the week. Full time training Monday to fr like well Monday to Friday and doing whatever on the weekend. Yeah. And then I'd work Friday nights on the door, which were good. Obviously, I'd stop like four or five weeks before a fight. Um, but yeah, I loved it. Like, in the city was that? Yeah, in the city. Yeah, enjoyed the more the social side. I wasn't one to go out drinking, but I'd go out with the lads before work and we'd go 12 threes and have a little body spa or whatever um, then go and get some dinner and then go to work for the night any rows it's like playing five aside with your mates yeah yeah any <laughs> any rows no very very few perfect yeah mm. professionalism in 2018 yeah you wouldn't row with John Ryan no nah. would you you'd be like he's a southpaw for a start <laughs> <laughs> fuck that <laughs> so anyway we give it the big build up George you two have boxed already you two have gone head to head right yeah. let's have a break because it's the rematch. Right. No, we ain't, you ain't got to put the glove on. Oh. And worry about that. Uh, <laughs> blow for blow, one glove. Yeah. <laughs> it's like slap lead. <laughs> but I've got a feature that's going to pit you two against each other. Yep. Um, you ready? Ready. Are you ready? I suppose so. Well, we'll have a break first and then we'll come back and then we'll see if you can get one one all level peg in. Did you say breakfast or break first? Break first. Oh. <laughs> break. <laughs> Let's have a break. I'm George Groves. And if you haven't heard, the George Groves Boxing Club is going live and tickets are on sale right now. Nice, our first ever live event, George. Are we gonna start off in a nice low key venue? Absolutely not, no. We are taking on the world famous Shepherd's Bush Empire and it is Frotch Groves free. It is 10 years deck since mine and Frotch's fight at Wembley Stadium. So I've gone and got Mr. Frotch to come down all the way down to the Shepherd's Bush Empire and we're going to tussle it out again in podcast form. Nice. You could get the bus there again. Should we brainstorm a few other ideas? 
But it's gonna be uh, the feature, and it will oh. be the best feature we've ever done. You, yeah. Maybe you and Cole could have a duel. We'll be crowdsourcing. For the, for the most Mike part. Skinner's coming. He's crowd surfing. Fifty Cent's gonna buy the first three rows anyway. So we could promise this. Frutch grows free. A decade in the making. Tickets are on sale now. Listen to the George Groves Boxing Club podcast for all the details. Right, it's feature time. Are you got to put some music over this, like. Shubri, dubri. Yeah, dubri, dubri, like, dum, yeah. Dum, dum. Cue the feature. Yeah, we used to do the jingle. Cue the, cue the jingle. Not that anymore. Um, no, but John, just reminded, remembered. This is the third feature you've done. Yep. The first one, yeah. famous Night Rider that you wrote. Very good. You cheated. Yep. <laughs> because it was the tiebreaker was an anagram. Yep. And it was Lamborghini or Maserati or something on it. And you looked down and it was on George's paper. George had the paper up and it was on the back of it, which I could see you couldn't. Um, and you got it really quick. And I was like, fair play to him. Yeah. That's how you cheated. Anyway, so we Listen, can't have honesty it. Honesty is the best policy. He's always on, a, on, on countdown. On anagrams, yeah. We can't have it this time. So it's you against George. Yep. Now, there were plenty of names, as always, with John Ryder. It's a very punnable name. Yep. Um, but because you've just retired yep. and you retired... It's called Ride Off Into The Sunset. Nice. like it. There's 10 questions, okay? It's not really questions. I'm going to tell you the name of an opponent, the arena, the result, and the date. And you've got to tell me whose last fight that was. Right, okay. So the example, if I say George Groves, Wembley Stadium, May 2014, the answer is... Carl Fritsch. Very good. You're the guest, John. Yeah. It's your hat-trick appearance. Do you want to go first or second? Uh, yeah, I'll go first. Need all the help I can get. Vyacheslav Senchenko, Manchester Arena. Ricky Atten. Ooh, 1 0, November 2012. Yeah. I like it. Very 1 0 to John Ryder. Yeah, do you like it? Yeah. Let's see how we get on with this. Manuel Calvo, <laughs> London Arena, 1 UD 12, May 2002. It's a bit of a curveball oh, this throw one. Throw it over, please. Do you know it is? London Arena 2002. Yeah. Not even there anymore, London Arena. Mm, Millwall. Millwall. I'm going to say Frank Bruno. Oh, Prince Nazim <laughs> Hamid. Yeah. Oh, was it? Yeah. Did he fight at London Arena? Yeah, yeah, so the curveball was obviously the fight before everyone thinks that was his last fight. No, I knew Barrera. he had one after, the Barrera, but no idea Everyone thought Barrera was like the last, yeah, he had that one and he yeah. wasn't at it. He won on points. Yeah. But it wasn't ever. I know that because Colin Dunn beat Wayne Rigby on undercard. That's the sort of knowledge you're up against. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so that's got two. In abundance. Yeah, that's two nil rider. Okay, well you'll piss he this one. He fought on the then. undercard. He was only yeah. eleven. <laughs> <laughs> Sergei Kaminsky. <laughs> right, number three, you'll piss this one. Vitaly Klitschko, Staples Centre, June two thousand and three. Lennox Lewis. Yeah. yeah I knew that three one. nil. Okay, easy one to get back on the board. Mm. Sergei Kovalev, Mandalay Bay, June twenty seventeen. He it wasn't won. Ward's last fight, was it? Is it Andre Ward? Yes, Andre was Ward. Was that his last fight, yeah? Yeah. His last two fights were Ward, uh, were Kovalev points yeah, right. and then TKO eight. Okay, so you're 3-1 up. You, I mean, you should get this. Steve Collins, 9X Arena, Manchester, November 1996. Lost, retired six. Nigel Ben. Very good. Speaking of lost, retired six, George, Kevin McBride, MCI Centre. June 2005. Kevin McBride. 2005? Yep. Retired in the sixth. Ah, it's Tyson, yeah? 
Very nice. Sorry, yeah, Tyson. Mike Tyson. On Iron the, Mike. Iron Mike, yeah. On the subject of Tyson, kind of. Trevor Burbick, Queen Elizabeth Sports Centre in Nassau, December 1981. Any ideas? I think I know. You got it? Yeah. He could be back on the board. I feel, like, I, know, I feel like George Foreman. Incorrect. It's Larry Holmes, isn't it? Incorrect. Oh, Wait, 91, yeah? 81. Eight, oh, 81, bollocks. No, fuck, yeah. <laughs> 81. Oh, yeah, no idea. Who's that? Muhammad Ali. Is that Ali? Oh, yeah. yeah. 81. Yeah. Who did he lose to? Trevor Burbick. Brutal. Brutal. Uh, this is you, Georgia. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yep. Joe Smith Jr., Forum Inglewood, December 2016. Inglewood. Um, South Inglewood. Lost KO8. That's Hopkins, yeah? Very nice. Oh, Good. Yeah, Remember that stoppage? You fell through the ropes. Yeah. Into the, into the abyss. Yeah, you sort of see him fall out onto the floor. Bad one, actually. Um, Chris Eubank Jr., O2 yeah. Arena, February 2019. Lost UD12. Oh, I know this one. <laughs> oh, the girl. <laughs> I was going to say, I thought you might. <laughs> Okay, well, you've won, but for a bit of a yeah. thingy, a bit of pride. Jamel Herring, Caesars Palace, Dubai. Oh, I got this. April 2021, lost TKO6. That's Cole Frampton, yeah? Very nice. Yeah. I think you've won, but let's do the tiebreaker anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, the tiebreaker is... Lamborghini. You, t- <laughs> <laughs> uh, you two were both, what, you had 20 years of pro. I think had- meant you two the band. No, it's not a YouTube. What is that? What's up, Lee Sunday? Still haven't found. No. What I want to know is who can get closest to the combined number of rounds that YouTube box professional rounds. Oh, professional rounds. Yep. Not against each other, obviously. But you you boxed uh, over thirty two fights. You boxed over thirty nine fights. Yeah. How many rounds in total? Two hundred fifty four. Two five four. Oh, Mark for mine. No, but both. Of oh, you. both of us. So you know yours. Yeah. Oh shit! It's two hundred fifty-four rounds. Yeah. Yeah. I'll go four hundred rounds. Ooh. Um, four three nine. Oh, it's four five nine. Yeah. So Ryder even takes the uh, the tiebreaker yeah, as well. Does, yeah. So how many rounds can you remember? <laughs> how many you did? I'm just on two hundred and five. Yes. Very good. And yours That's was a quick two five four. Two five four. Two hundred five. Yeah. Quick math. Two Quick math. <laughs> uh, so Ryder w- company, he yeah. wins again. Can't stop winning. Rides again. Mate, That's one riding off. Mate, what maybe, a hell of a ride. Maybe you um, shouldn't retire. I've, maybe you still mate, got one in And I didn't cheat. <laughs> and you didn't cheat. So anyway, what's next for you, John? We know already that you're thinking trainer. Yep. Have you done your forms yet? I have. I need to you do still haven't done it? I need to do the form and the pictures. Because um, you said off. you were going to go home and do it when we spoke yep. nearly a week ago. Well, I need, the pictures are the main thing. The forms mm. are... Feel that just so get, get your hair done, yeah, yeah. That I need to like make sure the face is trim. <laughs> so you got so to become a trainer, a professional trainer. What's the what are the practical steps? What do you have to do? Obviously, you fill in a form, fill in a form, get your pictures done, send it off. I think you have to go send it to the board, send it to the board. Yeah, you get called in for a meeting, I believe. Um, go and sit with them on there once a month they'd be asking you about your about your strengths as a coach and you're like well forget that what about I can, what I can tell you <laughs> yeah. is that Joe Smith Jr knocked out Bernard Hopkins yeah B-Hop in <laughs> the forum yeah I mean what you, they know you well don't they the board obviously because you've been working yeah. with them for so many years 
Yeah, but like obviously I'm not expecting favoritism and like, don't worry about doing the course, you just will give you a license. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, about that 10D Joe us. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's pretty straightforward, hopefully straightforward and can get full steam ahead with, with the coaching. Mm. Sounds good fun. And it's it's yeah, the way to, it's that? the way to do it in that like you're already part of an established gym yeah. as such. Do you start like are you like an assistant coach for Tony then? And like you're warming up and calling down and taking, you know, a bit of responsibility for, for Tony because he might have six fighters in that day. Or do you start, no, 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 I'm going to bring my own fighters in who they may be. They might yeah. come and knock in and here's my CV and I'm John <laughs> Ryder. Come and train with me. And you might sign up a couple of amateurs or a couple of pros who are looking to move around. What what would you think your plan would be? I think early doors just to just to work alongside Tony uh, or assistant wise, just ease the ease the load for him. But in in time, obviously bring through the next crop of fighters. Mm. Uh, might be signing some more amateurs up and uh, bringing them through. Yeah. Did you ever think about that? Because it's always yeah. the, it's, the, it's like the obvious one, isn't it? It's like right, I'll, I could be a coach. Could keep you in the gym. Keeps yeah, keep you in the, the gym. Sport. Yeah, I. Uh, problem I had straight away was like I just wanted to rest from boxing like I felt mm. tired yeah. so and then like trainers in the gym longer than the fighters and you can't miss and you know you had to to be in there so it's different like if you can go and talk about boxing because you just show up for the fights it's kind of easy <laughs> uh, but if you're going to train someone you got your you know you're there's a lot of responsibility with that so but I, I thought if you're going to do it though the way to do it is with um a gym that's already up and running you yeah. know because they've already got the good fighters in there so even if you bring your own new crop in they're going to be mixing alongside established fighters so that, that stuff always rubs off on each other plus you've got you know Tony there and no doubt many others who you can sort of chew the fat with or ask for advice or just compare opinions and the fun bit will be when like you think Tony's doing something wrong and you'd be like <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, so I've been coaching for like you know a couple of weeks now yeah, the, but, board, the know, board say I'm great <laughs> I've been coaching like, for three weeks you're no, doing no, that wrong so but do you think that's going to make it easier or harder do you know what I mean by that we, yeah. we asked Pritchard the yeah. same question it's like he couldn't box and then he's back in the gym around everyone and, and you're like I've retired but I'm still here yeah it's I don't know I think it's great for the the mind and the, the camaraderie of the gym it's like mm. a great place to be and you're so in tune with each other and you know what one another's feeling around the times of camp as fight night's approaching. Um, but yeah, it's going to be, I suppose it's going to be hard for me to kind of get my fix from seeing the others do it and, and not doing it myself. Have you got any rules? Like, like you're not going to spar, would you? Nah. You know, like, you might have a middleweight in the gym and the East Bar ain't showed up and you're like ah, fuck it oh he's boxing a southpaw yeah you like, need some <laughs> southpaw sparring yeah it's gonna be a tough one it's like do I keep my hand in and just do a little bit every now and again but it's like these young Jimmy Sainz and George Lidard like they're they are they're, like, they're big lumps and all do you know what I mean they're, yeah. they're on it from the start they're, from the get go they're diet S&C like everything like they're, they're proper athletes now whereas like S&C was a, a later addition for me so, so what like, do you think about that? Do you think, because obviously like when you're watching a fight, you think you always want to be able to add, as the rounds go on, add, add, add. You, so you give them, if you, if, if you show them everything you got in the first round, you're either going to bash them up that exact way for the whole fight or 
or not they'll they'll change and adjust and is it the same with a pro career like do you want to be able to keep adding stuff so yeah. if you get a 20 world cup in the gym you're like right just get you on strength conditioning but is it with a long-term plan like because you hear young fighters talking about starting camps i'm like you're 21 what are you in camp for <laughs> like just be in the gym just yeah. train there's no such thing as a camp mm. wait till you get to world title level then you can talk about or at least title level where you can talk about camps where you might have a break after the fight yeah no it's like a very good point yeah it's hard to hard to know isn't it like are you giving them too much of a a standalone say a stimulus too soon or yeah. should you add bits like bit by bit let them do like their pull-ups and their dips when they're starting out a few press-ups and sit-ups and then add like the the deadlifts and whatnot at, at a later date yeah car phrase Dan yeah. car phrase Dan you sound like right old mo moany bastard there <laughs> what are you doing a camp for car <laughs> <laughs> yeah. have you had a think about what sort of coach you're going to be well, like Mickey well, like, loves what, you what's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well that like, fag in my mouth glasses on yeah like, trilby old on. school yeah trilby um <laughs> And you got to get a shirt. Are you going to get like a shirt with pockets and that? Yeah, you're going to get that. Like, just wear the, the, the ring jacket all the yeah. time. <laughs> Vaseline in one pocket. Yeah. Never know you might need it. Adrenaline in the, uh, <laughs> yeah. the other pocket. Mere swabs and all that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know, mate. You're going to be like a Pep, Pep Guardiola, like new forward thinking. I'd like to be. Yeah. Yeah, Mikel Arteta. Um, <laughs> somewhere that's been there, done it. Um, not all that. I am Jose Mourinho. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I don't know I've, I've been lucky enough to work with Tony Sims Colin Lake and I, I like what Tony's done for me and the way he is the mannerisms of him I don't want to turn into a, a clone of Tony but I want to take everything good he's taught me and, and implement that yeah because he's a very calm yeah I like the calm low key yeah. yeah that's what yeah. that's what you think you'll do Work, works well for me that calm mm. influence yeah I suppose that is part of it as well it's like um it's not just like knowing the boxing, it's managing the the, the fighter. The human. Manage, yeah, managing mm. the human side of him. Like that would be my, you know, if I was going to coach someone, I'd think, right, I need, the bit that I'd need to work on is like the, my performance in the corner. Like how do, how do I get across clear, yeah. concise, simple instructions without, you know, trying to reinvent the wheel or <laughs> I can stress someone out. Mm. Like, and obviously what I was going to wear. I mean, so. <laughs> you, would you have a shirt stand out, stand out from the crowd. I'd have a big sombrero. <laughs> just to let them know. Yeah, just to let them, But it'd have to be buttoned on because I wouldn't risk it coming off when I get through the ropes. Yeah, yeah, yeah how would you do it? Would you go over the top rope or under? Yeah. yeah. Oh, Flip over. <laughs> I can't do it now because then they're going to say I copied what John said. Yeah, you have to think so. I'll <laughs> roll under the bottom. Yeah, it could work. Have you, uh, so in the initial stages then you'll be, you'll be assistant. Yeah, I imagine yeah? so, yeah. Do, will that just be assisting Tony with everyone or do you think you might be basically working completely with some of the younger boxers in there and it's like they're Probably your boxers. just be like empty the bins. Yeah. Sweep, <laughs> sweep it up. Yeah. Try to clean the mirrors. Um, <laughs> Make the protein shakes. Yeah, go and do one. You can go and clean my car. Um, <laughs> no, nah, I think it'll be like assisting with the, the youngers. Uh, yeah. The youngers, sorry. The, the younger fighters. Mm. Um you I expect any shit from from the other fighters in the gym just giving you grief now that you're yeah. like I hope you so. used to be their mate spit yeah. buckets and that no I hope so yeah like bucket boy yeah, yeah. Putting, the, putting the cones out I hope that nothing changes and they still give me shit and what not mm. um, don't want them to take pity on me yeah <laughs> just keep it to both barrels have you done have you done any of it have you done have you padded anyone yet or you did Joe Cordina's corner didn't you in Monaco yeah done Joe Cordina's corner in Monte Carlo yeah. that was that was a good experience mm. um 
first corner world title fight not bad is it yeah. um, and he won that's a bonus yeah, um, yeah I mean why. when Tony's yeah. been away before I've done pads with people oh, I've, I've took care of the gym and whatnot. yeah so you I do it in the southpaw stance I don't want, I can't do pads in like a, an orthodox stance oddly yeah, yeah. you Weird. do you? no I, I tend to like yeah stand orthodox when I do pads which is strange nice I think I can do both so it might be good you could, yeah hopefully make sure the board hear that yeah. that, that'll, that'll help <laughs> if you're like I can't do orthodox pads they'll be like <laughs> yeah. send him home yeah. Uh, but yeah that must be a strange transition because you're used to being mates with these people yeah like Cordina you lived with him yep. in camp like in the for three weeks in the fun house yeah, yeah. Fun house. and now now you're going to be his boss Listen, I think Cordina's Cordina don't dance to anyone's tune. Only <laughs> Not even Tony. Yeah. Um and no, I think listen, Tony's got a perfect balance of still being your mate, but there's that level of respect where when he talks you listen. Mm. And I, I hope that in time I can yeah, I am their mates when I want the best for them, but I've got a bit of knowledge there. Listen to it and it could help you. Now, we're obviously the dream factory here, John, as you know, because you spoke the Canelo fight into existence on this very pod. Yep. So I want to know what your goals are as a coach. What's the, what's the big goal? What's the achievement? Because obviously what you say now is going to happen. Well, British titles, world titles. Yep, um, tick, All tick. the titles in between. We got that, no problem. Um, even down to the southern areas, English, all the titles I didn't get to pick up that I, I want the fighters to pick up. Yeah. You want to sort of complete, complete the set? Yes. It's kind of like a little scratch the itch that needs scratching you can do it as yeah. a coach now i don't want i don't want to live out my dreams through the fighters i want them to pursue their own dreams um but i want to be the best i can be for them yeah i mean the pod usually delivers doesn't it so. yeah that sounds awesome john yeah. you and uh we wholeheartedly support you mate we i can't, yeah, can't I, wait for I, it yeah i can't wait when you get that world title having done all the rest of them we what, can, do, what do i have to do to get a fourth appearance in there good question yeah, is it you, have to, you have to turn someone over I think we're basically and unify uh, <laughs> if you fight Jake Paul yeah. we can do that no problem yeah, okay. but for the most part yeah you're going to have to do something special mate yep. to get the fourth one if you get the fourth one you get to take the Kano rum home oh do I yeah, yeah. <laughs> I might have evaporated by then though yeah, I mean. <laughs> yeah you could be the first fourth appearance send us a picture if you get that um, you know, coaching badge as well yeah yeah, yeah, that'll be big news. Yeah, we'll yeah. put we'll frame it and put it on the put it on the <laughs> backdrop. Um, I think as it's the hat trick appearance, it's only right you get a hat trick song. Go on then, yeah. Now, what are you pick for the second one though? Did, did we even ask you? The first one was the uh, Twenty One Savage tune. Remember the like the Daft Punk sample. No, oh, we had we had a Spanish Cerco one, didn't we? Loco. Circo yeah. Loco, yeah, with yeah. the Daft Punk. That's Drake and Twenty One Savage. Oh, isn't it? Twenty One Savage, yeah. yeah. Oh, and then I don't know if you did a second one. Um, and what did you walk out to in, in Guadalajara? In Guadalajara? Yeah. Um, chasing status. Maybe we put that on. Maybe. Can't remember anyway. You got any, and now this one is your hat trick appearance. This for my hat trick appearance. Like the, this is I like the legacy this. tune. I really thought about this. Yeah. Um, and giving back to my partner and my kids. I want it to be, this song was big for me in Mexico after the Canelo fight. I listened to it throughout camp and it was DJ Khaled, Just Us. It's not on there. That's a great one. Yeah. On the list, John Ryder, definitely two songs. I think three. Yep. We'll have a little listen back and see what you said for the second. Lovely. Uh, DJ Khaled's on there. DJ, DJ Khaled. Khaled. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so John Ryder's the official, John Ryder's the official hat-trick man. Juan. The first ever Juan Ryder. And uh, 
Yeah, mate. Thanks for the memories. The Guadalajara trip, best trip I've ever done. Thank best, you. Best fight I've ever covered. Yeah. What? Yeah, oh, mate, it was so good. I mean, the holiday afterwards in Mexico helped, but as a trip, <laughs> that was uh, that was wonderful. It was yeah. all down to you, mate. It was all down to you asking for it on the pod. No, thank you. Um, thank you for knows? asking me on to ask for it. On yeah. The pod. <laughs> yeah, that was <laughs> half the point. Uh, and who knows? Maybe you'll coach out in Mexico. Maybe you'll be in the corner one day. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, in a, in the Azteca or something. Yeah. With Jimmy Sainz. Oh yeah, imagine that. Next. Yeah. See John Ryder with a crop of young Mexican fighters <laughs> under his stable. I mean they all love they you. Love you. Talking about an haircut. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> they all love you though, don't they, in Mexico? Mexico's an unbelievable fight city, country, sorry. Yeah. Um I think champions over the years. I mean, walking into Mungia's dressing room after and seeing Eric Morales just stood there, it's like all right, mate. <laughs> like, like it's just yeah. Boxing. So, uh, it's been good to me. Give me the life I've got. Um, and nothing but good memories. The people I've got to meet, the place I've got to go. A lot of love for boxing. And in the end, I felt like boxing loved me back. So I'm happy. It definitely did, John. What way to leave it. Well done, mate. The man in the arena. It's John Ryder. John Ryder, who might end up with your job one day as well. Cough. <laughs> Cut. <laughs> How about that then, Deck? How about that, George? John, or should I say Juan Ryder? Well, he's not Juan, is he? He's, he's Fran. <laughs> Can we restart that? Toi, no, Toi Ryder. Yeah, well, he's the first. Well, Spanish, I know Spanish free, bollocks. Uno, dos, tres. Tres. Tres Ryder. Tres Ryder. He is the first, he's the first hat-trick man. Yes. Or woman. Uh, well, he's definitely a man. It couldn't have happened. He's main. <laughs> gorilla. Gorilla, yeah. yeah. It could have happened to he? a nicer bloke. No, he's not a gorilla no, he's anymore. not a gorilla anymore. Gorilla no more. I think more. he's still a gorilla. Yeah. Don't say that to his face. <laughs> but uh, that was a... Uh, yeah, it couldn't have been anyone better, really, to come in and be the three three man, really uh, uh, an established member and a key part of the history of this club. Absolutely, it couldn't have been anyone better for someone to come in and talk about John Ryder retiring than John Ryder <laughs> yeah, himself come in. Yeah, it would have been a shame to get anyone else. <laughs> but yeah, the John Ryder story in the ring is over, but a new one begins. But a new one begins. Mm. So he, yeah, he, he's, he's, he's going home now to study his textbook because he's got to apply for his um, coaching license. Mm. I think you'll get it. Let's hope so. I'm sure he will. Yeah, let's I'm back sure. him. Uh, so that was that was his third appearance, George. That was a three peat. Yeah. So what else is a three peat? What else is a three peat, Dick? Well, May the twenty second uh, at the Shepherd's Bush Empire is a three peat. Yes. You, you against Carl Froch. Um, now I saw your wife put on Instagram. What did she put? She put a picture of the you know the picture that we've done of you and Carl and Froch regrows. She went, there won't be any fighting happening here, just so you oh, know. Oh, is that what she said? Yeah. And oh. I was like, well, let's not rule anything out. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's sell the tickets first. Yeah. At least, yeah. You know what I mean? So um, there might be, who knows? Look, look, anything can happen. All we know is that we don't know, as Noel Gallagher would say. Right. Okay. Uh, what I can say is that this first live show, we're going big. Obviously, we're going to the, the Empire, Shepherd's Bush. Ryder will be there. Ryder's coming. Yep. He's buzzing for it. Uh, Froch knows that this is it's, it's one one and it's all at stake, <laughs> right? Does so, he? And he thinks he's coming to my backyard. He thinks I'm Shepherd's Bush, mm. um, which I'm going to let him go with. Without a shadow of a doubt, there's going to be a physical challenges oh, on the hell. evening. So you better get in camp as well, Dad, because oh you're God. not no exception for you <laughs> about this. I've got um, 
no I've got you know my little brain's going you know how, how I get so I've got some ideas I do know so it's going to be epic it's going to be a lot of audience interaction oh. so if you want to be part of this yeah. then uh, buy your tickets what I can tell you George is the tickets are on sale so if you want to be part of that audience mm. if you want to witness this historic moment in yeah. this club yeah tickets are on sale already there are tickets are on sale there's only a couple left yeah shit so get be quick yeah uh, get there get your tickets and see us in action I've spoken to Adam Azim yet about Adam the goat Azim. yep the goat is coming yeah <laughs> <laughs> can't just say that when we don't know oh well, maybe um, he is coming uh, yeah the goat let's not rule him Tootsie, Tootsie, I don't I Tootsie see... might be coming uh, I thought you were talking about me no um, <laughs> I want to see Tootsie Tootsie yeah uh, uh, that's TBC Tootsie's uh, attendance to TBC but we'll be there and so will Carl Froch Froch is there yeah, uh, everyone. Oh, people are very excited for this. It's, yeah, rightly so. There's going to be more to it. We're gonna we're gonna drip feed. We're gonna just like how you should do in a professional bout. You want to add add as you go along. Mm. Every round, add a bit more. So we're going to be adding more and more information as we go along. But so far, you don't need anything else because me and you are there, Deck. Yeah, and, and the the, the, and frog, the frog. Yeah. Uh The information we can give you at this point is the information is in the episode description. The link to buy the tickets. Yep. Episode description. You can't go wrong. Go on there press click on it and you've got a range of prices and yeah happy days vip options there's vip if options you, if you're feeling you, a bit you flash meet, you, you meet us yeah yeah have Do a you? little picture with us you might get a little bit of memorabilia oh um what like one of those special gloves could in you? fact why don't we we'll, we'll work on this but why don't we do a giveaway we'll do a giveaway for one of those gloves that john Ryder got Maybe. Do you reckon? Yeah, and you Fancy haven't that? got to come on the show three times to get it. No. You just get it for, you know, buying a ticket. All right, we'll work on that. Keep your ears open and your eyes peeled for opportunity for that. And your hands wrapped. Definitely. Um, socials, George? I always forget. Socials, they're always the same. Right? Right. It's GG Boxing Club oh. on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Uh, we're going viral with all of them. So get on them, check are us we? out. No, we are. We're flying. Uh, tickets are flying out. And if you're wondering how can I get them tickets, then you get them in the, the bio of this episode. Or you can get them on the link tree on the socials, mm. as well as you know a plethora of other stuff. You like, want to come skitted out with a water bottle. I tell you what, we should put the link to the tickets on the link tree as well. Stick another branch on there. Yeah. Surely we can arrange that. Surely they're already on there. I hope so. And of course, on the link tree, George... Spotify playlist The Ring Walk yes. which is now buzzing with John Ryder Options his third one or maybe second we can't remember yeah it's yeah it's getting a bit John Ryder heavy but I'm <laughs> DJ happy, Khaled I'm happy with that yeah. DJ Khaled DJ Khaled uh, um, it's on there so yeah listen to that because you're going to love that you might be listening to that on your way to the Shepherd's Bush Empire on May 22nd trying to get his head in the zone oh, that's a good idea I'll tell you what it's anyone, who, anyone who, who tweets us in that as they're on their way there mm. we'll do it now show us you bought your tickets on the way there we will present you with your own ring walk we'll 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 part the crowd like moses like atelma. moses atelma yeah and you can power march what it. was the name of the george groves street again it's called george groves road i want to see someone with a pair of tickets in front of george groves road i want to see someone that is the ultimate elite club member trickery might be my wife sophie <laughs> <laughs> might be fine yeah but she um, probably won't pay for them no um, after a freebie so I'll see you Monday George for a bit of how about that how about that then deck yeah see you Monday 